Welcome to this week's edition of Leading with Confidence. My name is Confidence Seleme and I'm your host. This program is proudly powered by the William Seleme Foundation and the Foundation's mission is Enabling Education in Africa. This week I'd like us to talk on a topic I've titled What to Master in Order to Become a Master Leader. You know there are many cooks in the world but there are few master chefs. Likewise, there are many people in the world who occupy leadership positions, but not all of them are great leaders. You know, it's interesting that there are some restaurants in the world that have a long waiting list of people who've made reservations, and it's simply because the standard of the food and the service is so high. The chefs who run the kitchens in these restaurants are world class. When an organization has exceptional leadership that delivers service excellence, the demand for that organization's products and services will rise. You won't find these types of restaurants on every street corner. Today, I'd like us to discuss a few attributes that separate extraordinary leaders from the ordinary ones. As a leader, your demeanor and essence permeate through the individuals, teams, and organizations that you lead. If you're an ordinary leader, you lead in an ordinary way, then you are likely to create and lead ordinary organizations. Organizations seldom go beyond the capacity and capabilities of the leader. This is what leadership expert John C. Maxwell calls the law of the lead in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So, if ordinary creates ordinary, that means extraordinary creates extraordinary. Not only do extraordinary leaders help create extraordinary organizations, they also attract extraordinary talent. People who possess great talent want to be led by people who are well able to help hone their talent so that there is maximization. It's no surprise that Tony Robbins, one of the most influential strategists and speakers of our time, was mentored by the late Jim Rohn, one of the great pioneers of the self-help industry. Do you want to become just another chef in another kitchen or do you want to become a master chef? Do you want to become a great leader? Let's look at a couple of attributes that separate the greats from the average. A. Great leaders seek mastery over themselves. Average leaders seek mastery over others. The great leaders understand that if they are to make an impact on the world, they must first work on themselves. Internal impact precedes external impact. There are many people who desire to change the world, yet they have not made the most important change of all. They have not changed themselves. If you desire to become a great leader, do not look for people to lead. You must desire to lead yourself in your own life and you must do it in such a way that it will adequately prepare you for leading others. When leaders seek to master others more than they desire to master themselves, it spells trouble for all. It indicates an emotional deficiency in their leader, which can have negative ripple effects. If mastery over others is a greater priority to a leader than mastery over self, it's often symptomatic of low self-esteem and an inferior complex. It means that there is a powerlessness that the leader feels in their personhood, and so they must compensate for it by dominating other people. Their hunger for power is merely an indication that they feel they have no power at all. Leaders who have mastered themselves and who know who they are and what their value is do not seek to be domineering over others. They seek to master their gifts and talents and become the very best versions of themselves. They seek to master their fears 
so that they can become more courageous in their leadership and be better equipped to take those that they lead into new territories. Are you seeking to master others or are you seeking to master your gifts, talents and your leadership craft? Are you seeking to become a better leader or are you simply seeking to show others that you are better than them in some way or form? True power doesn't come from exercising power over others. It comes from exercising power over yourself. It lies in having self-control, being happy with who you are, being safe in your identity, and secure in your own skin. It is from that place of a secure personal identity that you can lead with true conviction and real authority. When you aren't in that safe place within yourself, you seek to control people and by so doing, you're actually seeking to imprison them. You become like a prison warder that tells the prisoners when they must wake up, eat, exercise and so forth. Great leaders know that freedom is essential to creativity and productivity, and they seek to free their people rather than control and master them. B. Great leaders focus on mastering their strengths. Average leaders focus on mastering their weaknesses. Extraordinary people are those who become great at what they are good at, but the ordinary desire to become better at what they are bad at. Great leaders find people who are able to do what they can't, so that they can focus on their core mandate, whereas average leaders try to do just about everything. You know that age-old adage, jack of all trades, master of none. When you're not focused and unzoning in on your particular strength, you will never become a master of your craft and you will not reach your full potential. Become the kind of leader that is comfortable with focusing your energies and time on those things that matter most and that are best aligned to your particular strength and talent. This, of course, doesn't mean that you stop overseeing other areas and spheres within your leadership scope. It just means that you won't be running around doing things that other people on your team are better equipped and more talented to do. You can't delegate leadership because ultimately, you are still responsible. But you can delegate to competent people authority over certain tasks and responsibilities. Learn to leverage your innate strengths because they are the catalyst to your success. C. Great leaders master the heat of the kitchen, average leaders run from the heat. Just like a chef's kitchen, your leadership role and domain can get quite hot at times. Conflicts can arise within your team. Disagreements and squabbles can cause tensions to flare up. There may be mismanagement of funds or unethical behavior by members of your team. In the leadership kitchen, flames of all sorts can turn up the heat quite significantly. The question is, Will you do like the adage says and get out of the kitchen or will you stay and put out the flames? What is your response when things get a bit uncomfortable? How do you handle the tensions and the pressures of leadership? Average leaders tend to try and avoid it and pretend that it doesn't exist. But pretending that a fire doesn't exist doesn't make the fire go away. In fact, it only gives it more room to flare up and grow in strength. When conflicts arise, some leaders prefer to ignore them and sweep them under the rug with the hope that they will go away. This approach, however, often ends up creating unresolved tensions that result in emotional eruptions and explosions. This approach, however, often ends up creating unresolved tensions that result in emotional eruptions and explosions by disgruntled members of the team who feel that their views and opinions are being suppressed by those who are in charge. To be an effective leader, you have to acknowledge the fires. You have to engage and interact appropriately and actively work to put them out in any given situation. 
What can you do to bring calm to the flares and the fires? Is it about bringing the parties together to find out what the causes are? What short and long-term solutions can be brought to the table so that peace prevails? No chef should allow their kitchen to burn to ashes. No leader should allow their organization to be consumed and destroyed by the fires that occasionally flare up. The interesting fact is that you need fire in order to cook. You need differences of opinion and variety in terms of ideas in order for the best solutions to come to the fore. It's okay to question and debate ideas. It's beneficial to have options in terms of how to execute the vision. It's when the fires flare up too much and the tempers and the emotions erupt that problems emerge. The food you cook is the food you'll eat. You should always be mindful of what you cook because what you cook isn't only for those that you lead, it's also for you. If the food you cook and dish out to those you lead is bitter and distasteful, then you too will eat that bitter and distasteful food. If it's making them sick, it will have the same effect on you. Leaders who are unkind to those they lead will be received unkindly. The presence of such leaders will be an annoyance and it will evoke reproach instead of inspiration. Instead of inviting peace, it will usher in dissonance. Instead of blending together different people and personalities to create a richly flavored melting pot of various cultures and talents, it will stir up conflicts, flare tempers up, and encourage disagreements amongst the people. On the other hand, if your leadership is sound and the food you serve to those you lead is healthy and nourishing, you too will be fed and nourished. When you decide to feed those you lead with inspiration, you too will be inspired. When you feed them knowledge and wisdom, your knowledge and wisdom will grow. Whatever you feed them, you also shall eat. There's a beautiful adage that says, some fragrance always lingers in the hand that gives roses. Close quote. Likewise, as a leader, whatever you prepare with your heart, head and hands to serve those that you lead, the residue of it shall remain with you. But it is not only the residue of that thing, the very substance of it shall fill your own plate. So, what are you cooking? And if you are on the receiving end of the meal you are preparing, would you want to eat it? Are you the kind of leader you'd want to be led by? Are you the kind of parent you'd want to have? Are you the kind of spouse you'd want to be in a relationship with? When you look at things in this manner, it makes you more careful about the food you cook. It makes you want to prepare the very best dishes because you know that you too shall be fed by that food. It makes you want to treat people better. It makes you want to become more compassionate and more thoughtful. How the food tastes isn't always a reflection on nutritional value. Candy tastes sweet, but it has low nutritional value. Broccoli doesn't have an appealing taste, but it's good for the body. Coke and other sugary drinks are pleasurable. Sugary drinks are pleasurable to drink, but contain substances which are harmful to the body. Whereas water has no particular taste, yet it is necessary for optimal bodily function. What is consumed doesn't always have to taste good for it to be nutritious. Sometimes as a leader, you'd have to make decisions which are unpopular but which are necessary and beneficial for those that you lead. You may have to feed your people salads and veggies when they'd rather have ice cream and cake. You may have to demand commitment when they'd rather be slacking. You may have to call rehearsals when they'd rather be sleeping. You may have to introduce a training and development program when they'd rather be coasting around the office. 
These dishes may not be readily received by those you're feeding, but they will thank you later. When they have achieved the things they never thought they could, when they win the championship game, when they receive a standing ovation at the recital, when they win that new piece of business, they'll be grateful that you put them through the things which seemed so tough at the time. A chef's timing. I remember during a lunch break at one event where I was invited to deliver a leadership keynote, I spoke to a young man who was aspiring to get into the speaking industry. The food we had been eating on the day was especially delicious and we spoke about the timing that had gone into preparing the food. Preparing a great meal isn't just about having the right ingredients. You can have fantastic ingredients, but what good are they if they aren't given enough time on the stove or if they are given too little time? The same food will complement we would complain about if the cooking isn't timed properly. As we spoke, the young man mentioned that he felt like he was a dish on the stove being prepared for the world and he wanted to get the timing right. He didn't want to get off the stove too early or too late. Effective leadership requires good timing. A great chef knows how much time a dish needs in order for it to be ready to be served. In your leadership, do you pay attention to timing? Are you able to perceive when is the right time to make certain important decisions? When is it the right time to promote someone within the organization? When is it the right time to expand into other regions? When is it the right time to update or revamp your corporate identity? When is it the right time to grow the team? Having a good sense of timing is crucial to successful leadership. It takes an attentive leader with keen eyes and ears and sharp intuition. Be attentive to what's going on in your organization. Be attentive to the needs of your people. Know what developments are occurring in your industry or sector. Don't neglect the little hints such as the change in attitude amongst your staff and the increased absenteeism. Don't neglect the big hints such as new technologies that could totally disrupt your industry. The modern leader needs to be agile and timeless if he or she desires success. You must have an agile mind that is able to adapt and innovate. You must also have agile feet which are able to take quick action and pounce on the available opportunities in a timeless manner. You must also build an agile team that is wired to act swiftly and wisely. A chef is judged by the dishes that he or she produces. As a leader, you will be judged by the results you produce and much of that is dependent on your sense of timing. Well, we've come to the end of today's edition. Thank you so much for tuning in to Leading with Confidence. Cheers.